Americans are so divided these days, but there is still one thing that unites us. And that is that just about everybody is lying. Everybody, everybody, even the conservatives, even the everybody is lying from Atlanta to Washington, everywhere else, everywhere in between, everywhere to the West. For example, at the highest level, the presidential election, you remember Joe Biden launched his presidential campaign on a lie. It was the lie that, that Donald Trump referred to neo-Nazis and white supremacists and just overall supporters of the Confederacy at Charlottesville as very fine people. Now we know that didn't happen. We've gone through the tape many, many times on that. Do you remember Joe Biden's opening launch campaign video? And that's when we heard the words of the President of the United States that stunned the world and shocked the conscience of this nation. He said there were, quote, some very fine people on both sides. Very fine people on both sides? With those words, the President of the United States assigned a moral equivalence between those spreading hate and those with the courage to stand against it. So that was not true. We don't need to play that video again showing that Donald Trump never said that. Now that got Donald Trump, or that got Joe Biden rather in trouble when it turned out that he was lying about this. Biden got in double trouble though this week when an old recently resurfaced video came out and showed that Joe Biden himself referred to defenders of the Confederacy as, I kid you not, the exact same words, fine people. The senator made a very moving and eloquent speech as a son of the Confederacy, acknowledging that it was time to change and yield to a position that Senator Carol Mosley Braun raised on the floor of the Senate, not granting a federal charter to a organization made up of many fine people who continue to display the Confederate flag. Just very fine people who display the Confederate flag. Could you imagine if that Joe Biden had spoken at Charlottesville? He would have said the thing that he accused baselessly Donald Trump of actually saying. That is pretty funny. But the lies that we're talking about have some not so funny consequences. Cities are going up in flames. Innocent lives are being ruined and cops are laying down their badges. Who will protect us now? I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Some not so funny consequences of lies down in Atlanta, where there was that officer involved shooting the other day. The media is going into overdrive. The Democratic officials are going into overdrive to ruin an innocent man's life based on lies. And unfortunately, and this is the worst part of all, I think too many conservatives are willing to go on with those lies and those lies are seriously damaging our country. We'll get to that in one second. First though, we also have to thank our friends over at Liquid IV. You know how much I love Liquid IV. I have so much stuff on my desk. I can't even, there it is. I love my Liquid IV. Liquid IV, I was just drinking out of my Liquid IV water bottle last night, is the easy, healthy solution for dehydration. 
One stick of liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates you faster and more efficiently than water alone. Each serving provides as much hydration as two to three bottles of water, plus vitamins C, B3, B5, B6, and B12. If you're dehydrated, try liquid IV. I don't drink a lot of water during the day, and I rely on liquid IV. I, I love it. It is the most efficient way to stay hydrated. A lot of times, athletes will use it. Me, you know I'm not the most athletic guy in the world, let's put it that way. But if you go out with the boys one night and maybe have a couple too many Coca-Colas, wake up in the morning not feeling so great, I have found Liquid IV really, really helps. It is available nationwide at Target, Whole Foods, and Costco, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com. That's 25% off anything you're, uh, that you order when you use the promo code Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, at liquidiv.com, get better hydration today, liquidiv.com, promo code Michael, and you can find them nationwide at Target, Whole Foods, or Costco. There is a not-so-funny lie down in Atlanta. This not-so-funny lie involves an officer-involved killing. It involves the burning of that Wendy's. We went through this whole video, point by point, couple days ago. The Atlanta PD officer that was involved in that officer-involved killing has now been charged with felony murder and other charges, according to the Fulton County District Attorney, Paul Howard. We went through the video. We pointed out that it's a very sad video. Why is it a sad video? Why is it a disturbing video? Because it's sad and disturbing when anyone gets shot, regardless of the circumstances. But we went through point by point and showed there is no way to argue this was not justified. The guy, the, the perp in this case, the cops were talking to him. They tried to de-escalate the situation. They tried to calmly arrest him. He busted out, wrestled the cops. The cops still didn't use a lot of force. He threw the cops off of him. The cops still didn't use a lot of force. He grabbed their taser gun. Cops still didn't use a lot of force. He ran away. Cops still didn't use a lot of force. Then he turns around, points the taser gun at them and fires Finally, the cops discharged their weapons. Very sad. It shouldn't have turned out that way. But obviously, a justified use of force. You can't have law enforcement without some use of force. And now, because of mob rule in this country, and more than that, because we've given in to a bunch of dishonest premises, this guy's life might be ruined. The other officer on the scene faces three charges, including aggravated assault, uh, the, the cop now who's being brought up on murder charges is Garrett Rolfe. The other cop, Devin Brosnan, has been put on administrative duty. And, and the, the Rolfe has been fired already, even if he weren't charged with murder. Fired, again, is that justified? Doesn't seem so to me. Why is this happening? Well, in part, the mainstream media are ginning up the tensions here. So here is one, I think, representative headline. This one came from, was it ABC? Rayshard Brooks remembered for hard work and dedication to family. You'll notice in this whole incident, I have not really said a thing about Rayshard Brooks. There are many things to say about Rayshard Brooks, but I find it distasteful to speak ill of the dead, and I don't think there's any reason necessarily to jump into that if it's not relevant to the story. But now the mainstream media have made it relevant to the story. They've made us talk about it. Okay? because they have put an obvious lie right here. Rayshard Brooks remembered for hard work and dedication to family. The only thing Rayshard Brooks is remembered for with regard to his family is beating his wife and abusing his children, which he was brought up on charges for and convicted for not so long ago. Yeah, 
Guy's got a long criminal record. I didn't mention the criminal record when we first went through this story because I didn't think it was relevant to whether or not he would get killed, right? That's not, the, the, the cop didn't shoot him because he has a criminal record, nor should he have. He, the cop shot him because there was a threat and Richard Brooks stole his weapon and pointed the weapon at him. But now because of the, the media lionizing this man and trying to ruin the cop's life, I have to mention it, that Richard Brooks has a very long rap sheet and he did some very, very terrible things like beat his wife, like abuse his child being completely whitewashed by the media. It's a, by the way, it's not some conspiracy theory that this happened. It's being acknowledged by other media sources, even in fluff pieces. So here's another one. Atlanta shooting victim, Rayshard Brooks's Toledo family speaks out. This happened in Atlanta, but some of the family members of, of Rashard Brooks live in Toledo. So they speak to Richard Brooks's father, Larry Barbine. And he says, this according to the article, he'd come in January, Richard, of that year to meet his father, Larry Barbine, whom he'd never known in his childhood. So classic, sad story. You've got this other deadbeat dad, Larry Barbine, who abandons his son when his son is a, a little kid. And so is there any particular surprise that there might be family problems down the line there? No, of course not. These kind of issues become generational when you have family breakdown. But then Mr. Barbine has the goal to say this, we grew together in that year as if I had never been out of his life. It just didn't last long because of racism. Didn't last long because of racism. I, I think it didn't last long because you didn't take the care to know your child when he was a child. And move to a different city. It's not racism's fault that this man didn't, didn't care to raise his son. That's his fault. Larry Barbine's, I feel bad for the guy that he lost his son, even though he didn't know his son, but that's not, you can't blame racism for that. And then in the piece, this is the, this is the evidence that Richard Brooks actually did commit all these horrible crimes against his own family. Mr. Barbine believes officers prejudged his son by the color of his skin and his criminal record which shows several charges of theft, obstructing an officer, battery on a family member, and other misdemeanors. Notice the conflation of these things. Prejudged based on the color of his skin, we all think that's a bad thing, and his criminal record. That's not, that's not prejudging in the sense, that's judging. There was a judgment and you were convicted of crimes. Some crimes, very bad ones, like beating your wife and, and abusing your kid. Not the same thing, but they're trying to blur these issues. I didn't get to know my son because of racism. No, you didn't get to know your son because you were a horrible father. Uh, that's, that's why. Okay. It's still sad. This is, this was the same point I made yesterday when we talked about the shooting, which obviously is what is at issue here. Re regardless, I don't care how Richard Brooks ended up dead. It's still sad because a guy ended up shot. That's why the video was disturbing. But we can't conclude from that, that simply because it is sad, simply because a man died, that it was unjustified. And the person who killed him is a murderer, especially when we have it on tape, especially when we can see that that is not the case. And so as a result of this, this murder charge, giving into a, a mob rule that has now become, it seems totally lawless, Atlanta police officers are walking off the job. We'll get to that in one second. First though, I got to thank our friends over at Legacy Box. I love this company. If you don't want your old family home movies or photos getting ruined, there is a simple solution and that is Legacy Box. Legacy Box is a super simple mail-in service 
and you can have all your home movies and pictures digitally preserved on a thumb drive, DVD, or on the cloud. Do not let those priceless family memories disappear because that's what happens if you don't take action. This happened to me, very close family member who had died. I had all of the photos in one box. I lost them. I don't know where they are. Luckily, I was able to find some more photos from another, another relative of ours. I immediately sent them into Legacy Box. Now they're digital. They're just so great. You won't, you won't lose them now. Uh, I, I think this is priceless, basically. You know, you can't, you can't put a value on those memories and you don't want them to fade away or get dusty or worse, get lost. Get started preserving your family's legacy today. Go to LegacyBox.com slash Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, to get an incredible 50% off your first order. Buy today to take advantage of this exclusive offer. Send in when you're ready. Legacy Box is great for you or for someone you love. LegacyBox.com slash Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S. Save 50% while supplies last. Atlanta PD walking off the job. There was a massive walkout last night in precincts three, five, and six, and others. Uh, This according to CBS 46, which confirmed the walkout at 8.30 p.m. Now, the Atlanta PD wanted to pretend like the walkout wasn't happening, but it was. So they, they say, earlier suggestions that multiple officers from each zone had walked off the job were inaccurate. The department is experiencing a higher than usual number of call outs with the incoming shift, but we have enough resources to maintain operations and remain able to respond to incidents. Call out. So it's not a walkout. It's a call out, meaning the officers are calling in sick. I guess coronavirus just got really bad in Atlanta, coincidentally, in the hours after this horribly unjust decision. But it is a walkout. And now it's finally, people are admitting that this was a walkout. And of course it was. How could you be a cop right now? How could you be a cop? I think every cop goes into the police force knowing that they will be under some scrutiny because they are the use of force, right? As they should be. The police should be subject to some reform when reforms are necessary. The police should be subject to some scrutiny. But now we're in a situation with the police where if, if they do exactly what they ought to do, if they are now fighting a man who is, who's throwing the, them off of him, who's grabbing their weapons, who's firing weapons at them, that they can't use any force at all. That they're being told, no, let the drunk driver go home with your weapon. You can't be a cop in that situation, which is why you're seeing, uh, there was a whole SWAT team that quit the other day. Now you're seeing the Atlanta PD. You're going to see this happening around the country. This is because of lies. Many conservatives went along with the leftist lie that racist cops systematically slaughter black men in America. Conservatives went along with this too, even though we knew it wasn't true. We went through the numbers. We've gone through the numbers multiple times in the last few weeks. They went through with, with that lie because they thought it would appease the mob. And they thought that through some perverse logic, this would prove their anti-racist bona fides. That if you believe a, a lie, but a lie that, that seems to disfavor your race or a lie that seems to disfavor the police or a lie that seems to disfavor, or I don't know, disfavor the white race and be in favor of people of color, that that somehow would prove your anti-racist bona fides. That's kind of a perverse logic though, isn't it? You think that the way to prove you're not a racist is by lying? No, lying has consequences. Did they really think that so enormous a lie would cause no harm? I don't think so. I mean, maybe they thought it, but obviously it was going to cause harm. I called this yesterday when President Trump 
gave his executive order on police reform. I said, I think the president's getting bad advice. I don't think that the, the response to these riots, to these calls for radical social transformation is to buy into the premise that the police are desperately in need of reform because they're systematically slaughtering innocent black men in America because that isn't happening. And when you buy into that premise, you encourage the radicalism. And that's what's happened now. And I'm not even just talking about the radicalism of the writers. I'm talking about the radicalism of the democratic politicians who are now charging these cops just for doing their job. And the radicalism of the media that is, that is stoking this sort of thing. Can't do it, folks. This is why. I mean, I, I didn't think that we would see the consequences of this quite so quickly, but this is, this is the consequence of buying into leftist premises when those premises are dishonest. Very bad idea. And you're going to see things get a lot worse now. When cops start walking off the job, I mean, I guess that's the goal of the Chaz and the CHOP and BLM and Antifa and all of these other radical groups. Get the cops to walk off the job. That's not going to bring violence down. That's not going to help all communities, but particularly black communities. It's not going to help anything. Things are going to get worse. We're going to see the consequences of lies and hopefully people learn their lessons. Now, on another one of these fraught political and I guess racial issues now and historical issues, all these issues coming into play, but a little bit on the lighter side, they've canceled Aunt Jemima. That's a sentence I never thought I would say, but they've canceled Aunt Jemima. Aunt Jemima, the popular pancake syrup, will no longer be produced this according to Quaker Foods, which produces the syrup. There's a kind of irony here though, because Aunt Jemima has been canceled by a white CEO of Quaker Foods in the name of political correctness. But Aunt Jemima is a black character created by a black comedian portrayed by a black model who is now being canceled by a white person for political correctness, which is an ideology that three quarters of black people, according to polls, oppose. And actually the only group that doesn't oppose political correctness is white progressives, presumably like the CEO of Quaker Foods. We are through the looking glass now, folks. We are living in a very, very silly time. Most people don't know that about Aunt Jemima though. They think that it's, it's a, because Aunt Jemima, the character does come from a minstrel show and minstrel shows obviously very offensive these days, very offends modern tastes, no question. But they assume that all minstrel music and performances was created by white people. And that isn't the case. The character was invented by Billy Kersans in the 1870s, who was a, a very famous comedian of that, of that genre. That nuance though, completely lost because now you know what? guys, we fixed racism. We solved injustice because a pancake syrup logo is going to be changed. Now, I, I do wonder, this reminds me a little bit of the Redskins controversy. For years and years and years, you would hear the white progressives say, we need to change the name of the Washington Redskins. And it was all white liberals being offended on behalf of Native Americans. And then the Washington Post, to their credit, uh, reported on a survey that went around to a, a number of Native Americans and they found that nine in 10 Native Americans don't care at all about the Redskins. They don't want the Redskins to change their name. It doesn't bother them. It only bothers white liberals on behalf of them. When we're talking about the real racial problems that, that 
exist in the country. Do you think it's pancake syrup that's leading it? I don't. I don't think so. While we're toppling all of these people and statues and products and historical things, though, it did occur to me we could use the statue toppling mob, perhaps for some good. So I've got three suggestions for who we ought to topple now that we're taking down Thomas Jefferson and Christopher Columbus and Aunt Jemima. First one, Karl Marx. Karl Marx, the founder of communism and the author of the racist anti-Semitic track on the Jewish question. Here's just a little quote from that track. What is the secular basis of Judaism? Practical needs, self-interest. What is the worldly religion of the Jew? Huckstering. What is his worldly God? Money. Very well then, emancipation from huckstering and money, consequently from practical real Judaism, would be the self-emancipation of our time, an organization of society which would abolish the preconditions for huckstering and therefore the possibility of huckstering would make the Jew impossible. That sounds politically incorrect to me. That sounds like a guy that probably we should cancel. So if we're going to be canceling people, first one on my list, Karl Marx. Second one on my list, Margaret Sanger. There are actually statues to Margaret Sanger in the United States. One of them is in the Smithsonian. Margaret Sanger, a eugenicist. Margaret Sanger, very bad woman. Margaret Sanger, very possibly a racist. She's the author of A Better Race Through Birth Control. She writes, the most important problem, barring none, that confronts humanity today is that of race culture. It has often been said, and never with more truth than at the present time, that man breeds his cattle with more intelligence and care than he breeds his own kind. The draft figures alone should be sufficient to galvanize the human race to action for the intelligence tests made on our soldiers during the recent war indicated approximately 25% of our population never attains a mentality superior to that of a 12-year-old. When we consider that, the mentally deficient reproduce more rapidly than those of normal intelligence. We may well look into the future with dismay unless a halt is called and that speedily our race is doomed to inevitable deterioration. Sounds pretty ableist to me, right? Probably should cancel Margaret Sanger. She writes in the eugenic value of birth control propaganda that the issue here are mental deficients, right? Which she has this obsession with people who have a low IQ and she just wants to get rid of them. Unfortunately, many modern day eugenicists, many of whom work at Planned Parenthood, think the same thing. And of course, there's a deep relationship between Margaret Sanger and Planned Parenthood. And then in a 1939 letter, Sanger writes, we do not want word to go out that we want to exterminate the Negro population. And the minister is the man who can straighten out that idea if it ever occurs to any of their more rebellious members. Let, I think we got to pull those statues down, don't we? My final suggestion for the cancel mob, Che Guevara. You know Che Guevara, communist revolutionary and frequent subject of liberal t-shirts. Che Guevara writes in the Motorcycle Diaries, the blacks, those magnificent examples of the African race who have maintained their racial purity, thanks to their lack of an affinity with bathing, have seen their territory invaded by a new kind of slave, the Portuguese. The black is indolent and a dreamer, spending his meager wage on frivolity or drink. The European has a tradition of work and saving, which has pursued him as far as this corner of America and drives him to advance himself, even independently of his own individual aspirations. So it sounds a little racist to me, we're canceling Jefferson and Columbus, probably got to cancel Shea, who writes in the Diaries of the Revolutionary War in Congo, given the prevailing lack of discipline, it would have been impossible to use Congolese machine gunners to defend the base from air attack. They did not know how to handle their weapons and did not want to learn. Very rough stuff. I think we got to take those statues down. 
Either we take no statues down or we definitely take those statues down and get a little silver lining in this storm cloud of mayhem that we're living through right now. And speaking of young men in uniforms, the Boy Scouts now are requiring a radical left-wing badge. We'll get to that in one second. How's that for a segue? Che Guevara to the Boy Scouts. It's pretty good. Uh, we'll get to that. First, though, I have to thank our friends over at ExpressVPN. You know that I do not go online without ExpressVPN. Web browsing without a VPN to protect your information is extraordinarily risky. I can say with full confidence, ExpressVPN is the best VPN on the market. And here's why. ExpressVPN doesn't log your data. So you might use a cheap or free VPN. The way that those VPNs make money is by selling your data to ad companies. But ExpressVPN developed a technology called Trusted Server that makes it impossible for their servers to log any of your info. You get really great speed on ExpressVPN. I've used it for a long time. Zero lag. It's just fabulous. To protect yourself with the VPN that I use and trust, use my link at expressvpn.com slash Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L. Get an extra three months free with a one-year package. Expressvpn.com slash Michael, expressvpn.com slash Michael to learn more. The Boy Scouts. The Boy Scouts have now added a badge, a required badge, if you're going to reach the top rank of Eagle Scout, that was made in conjunction with Black Lives Matter. They stand with Black Lives Matter. And they stand with Black Lives Matter because they think that Black Lives Matter is about Black Lives Mattering, which it is not. It is about radical, radical leftism. It is about promoting the destruction of the, quote, Western prescribed nuclear family. It's about abolishing the police. And it's based on lies, specifically the lie that Michael Brown was killed in Ferguson with his hands up saying, don't shoot. But that didn't happen. That didn't happen according to the grand jury. It didn't happen according to multiple eyewitnesses, including black eyewitnesses. That didn't happen according to multiple autopsies. What actually happened is Michael Brown robbed a store, then reached for a cop's gun, grabbed the cop's gun. The cop's gun discharged. He, he walked away. Then he turned around and charged back at the officer. And the officer justly, albeit sadly, discharged his weapon at Brown. There are consequences to lies. We're seeing the flames all around us, and now the Boy Scouts, too, will require you, if you want to be a good old Boy Scout, to buy into this radical Marxist organization. There's an irony here. In order to become a top Boy Scout now, you must give in to a radical Marxist organization, but you do not need to be a boy. The Boy Scouts let in Girl Scouts. Now, I guess they're all Boy Scouts now. I don't know. It's very confusing. There are girls who have become Eagle Scouts. That's a backwards world. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. D does anybody really believe that yesterday, you know, two days ago, before the Boy Scouts made this change and added the BLM badge, that the Boy Scouts tolerated racial bigotry, encouraged racial bigotry? I don't think so. I think that's imaginary. That's an imaginary problem. And it's being solved with a radical and dishonest solution. And now we've got more problems. Meanwhile, you don't have to be a boy. Before we get into the mailbag, I also have to point out a great bit of fun on cancel culture. Kaylee McEnany, our White House press secretary, absolutely kills it in the job, shreds Jim Acosta every day, makes my heart go pitter-patter. Kaylee McEnany 
nearly got canceled a couple days ago. Why did she nearly get canceled? Because she sent a tweet in 2012, eight years ago, about how much she liked Domino's. I guess to, to be precise, it wasn't she who almost got canceled. She's already so toxic for working for Trump that it was almost Domino's Pizza that got canceled for being associated with her. She tweeted out, fun fact, Domino's is way better than any New York City pizza. Domino's responded and said, Kaylee, that's one heck of a compliment. Thanks for the love. We appreciate it. You know, because brands will sometimes just respond to you on Twitter. That's like, this is a thing that happens now. So Rick Wilson, who is a never Trump lunatic, Rick Wilson retweets this eight years later, retweets Domino's and says, you just killed your brand. You just killed your brand. What? Because they, eight years ago, some social media intern thanked Kaylee McEnany for a compliment. Well, what was going to happen? These days, what typically happens is corporate America, everybody buys into the left's premises. They say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. They cave, doesn't do them any good, and the woke mob moves on and on. That's not what happened here. Domino's responded to Rick Wilson and said, Welp, it's unfortunate that thanking a customer for a compliment back in 2012 would be viewed as political. Guess that's 2020 for you. Great answer. They held firm. Coincidentally, the founder of Domino's, it turns out, is extremely Catholic, pro-life. This guy's great, very philanthropic. Maybe that has something to do with the company culture there. But I think we can all learn a thing or two from Domino's. <laughs> Another statement I never thought I'd say. We can learn a thing or two from Domino's here. Don't give them the premise. Don't buy a little lie, a little lie that it's wrong for a pizza company to thank a customer eight years before that customer becomes the White House press secretary, which I guess it's wrong to be that too now for some reason. Don't buy into any of that, even if you think it will appease the mob. Rick Wilson's threat is that the mob was going to destroy Domino's. And Domino's said, no, I'm not, I'm not worried about all that. I'm not, I'm not going to take your bargain to lie and be dishonest and kowtow to you just in the hopes of appeasing the mob. You're never going to appease the mob. You're never going to do it. Mobs don't get appeased. That's like the definition of mobs, right? <laughs> they, do, they are just out for destruction and they're going to get destruction. There are a lot of mobs in the country right now that are out for destruction. Don't give in, whether it's on pizza or whether it's on the police. It seems easy. It seems consequence free. Oh, just post the square. What, remember the black square on Instagram that everybody was posting? Why did people post it? Well, to show that they're not racist. Why do you have to explain yourself to a bunch of liberals to show that you're not a racist or a bigot? Why do, I don't owe any of these people an explanation. The, the white liberals who are demanding the black squares are far more racially conscious, racist, bigoted than I am. I don't, I, I don't need to explain myself to them. I don't need to go along and be intimidated by them. And what's the premise of the black square? The premise of the black square is that there is a systematic slaughter in this country of innocent black men by racist cops or racist white people generally, but the focus is mostly on cops. That isn't true. Not borne out by any statistic. But so many conservatives I know, they posted the square. Said, ah, oh, what's it matter? You know, it's just, it'll make them, it'll make them feel better. It'll make them think that I'm like a good person and, and make them think that I'm less of a bad person, which I guess they think I am. So I'm just going to do it. There is a consequence. Police departments falling apart, cities on fire, politics in shambles. The mob 
more rapacious than ever before. You haven't been able to prove your virtue to those people and you shouldn't have tried and you don't owe the kind of people that would intimidate you and bully you into that way and, and spread lies in that way, that kind of an explanation. Stand firm. That in the long run is the only way that we're going to maintain any kind of law, order, peace, or harmony. We'll get to the mailbag first. I got to thank you. I got to thank you for going over to the Michael Knowles Show YouTube channel and subscribing. I'm glad that everyone subscribes to Daily Wire, but I want them to subscribe to the Michael Knowles Show channel too. We made it to 70,000, so thanks. You can check out bonus interviews there, segments, breakouts, including some new content this weekend. We're going to have a backstage tonight. And in the meanwhile, go on over to the Daily Wire and read all these very important articles. Get some honesty when the mainstream media are feeding you lies. It's usually three bucks a month. We're going to drop that down to 99 cents just for you for the first month. Head on over to dailywire.com slash subscribe. Join today. We'll be right back with the mailbag. All right. First question from Blake. Dear, mostly peaceful Michael, since the culture is now fully engaged in canceling anyone or anything with the slightest blemish in their history, is it time we cancel the Democratic Party? They opposed abolishing slavery and were staunch supporters of segregation and Jim Crow, just for starters. If our culture is going to buy into systemic oppression, is it possible to separate the Democrats from their evil past? Thanks. Or it is impossible, rather, to separate the Democrats from their evil past. That's a fine idea, but it just doesn't work that way. Part of the reason I mentioned today all the statues that we should topple and all the memories that should be erased and all the, the honors that should be taken away from Karl Marx and Margaret Sanger and Che Guevara is because I know that they'll never be taken away. Because the people who do the canceling are the left, and the left, if they didn't have double standards, would have no standards at all. And, and conservatives, we just we're so dumb about this. We just don't get it. When we speak, we try to make sure every single little word is perfect and precise, just so we don't give the left even the littlest bit to accuse us of being really bad people. That's what I say. I, I flick you under my chin, which is a Sicilian expression for I don't care. What do I care? what you guys say about me. The left doesn't talk that way. The left says whatever they want. They do whatever they want. They, be, they have institutions that behave in egregious ways. They never have to answer for it. If, if a conservative does one little bad thing or even says one little thing that's inartful, people will ruin their lives for it. The left will ruin that conservative's life. Go back, dredge up one little tweet from 20 years ago. I guess that was before Twitter, but from a long time ago and ruin their life based on it, even if they're otherwise wonderful people. Whereas with the left, with, with otherwise horrible people, if they do one good thing, they judge them based on that one good thing. This is not a fair game. This is not about logic. This is not about playing by some totally neutral rules that everyone's agreeing to. The left is out for blood. The conservatives should realize that. And it's important to point out hypocrisy. Obviously, we do it on this show every day because that's more or less all you can do in the world of speaking and writing. You can, you just point out these things, but we need to be able to exercise. We, first of all, shouldn't expect an apology from the left. That's never going to happen. We need to be able to exercise the sort of institutional power that will put some teeth behind those observations. From Andrew. Hi, Michael. Big fan. Love the show. I'm a 19 year old college student going into my sophomore year, majoring in criminal justice. 
I'd always planned on going to law enforcement, but with everything going on now, I'm beginning to rethink things. My question is, what advice do you have as to what I should do? Should I stick with it and just be a cop in a mainly white area? So if I ever have to use deadly force, the media won't care. (laughs) Pretty funny. Or do I need to get out and look for other things because of how bad things are going? Thank you. This is the worst time to be a cop, certainly in my lifetime and probably in American history. It was pretty bad in the late 60s, early 70s too, but it's really bad now. It's a noble calling. We need a lot of cops. I rely on cops to to be safe and to give me speeding tickets every so often, which is unfortunate, but mostly to keep me safe. But now, if I were considering that career, I would probably pick a new career path or I would, or I'd pick a field that's related to being a police officer, but not actually a police officer because of how dangerous that field is now. Not just dangerous, you could lose your life, but dangerous that you could find yourself in a politically incorrect situation and and the powers that be, the politicians and the mob would come and get you and tear you apart. That said, it can't last like this forever. I think if, if we get cops off the job for a little while, if they actually do go on strike or walk out or something like that, people are going to learn real quick that we need the police. They're going to stop talking about this abolish the police stuff. But right now, it is a really tough situation. You, you know, people ask me this all the time. Should I say this at school? I want to say my views, but I want to get A's. I want to work in Hollywood, but I want to talk about how much I like Trump. I want, well, good. I recommend doing all those things, but there is a cost. And the cost right now to be a cop is very high. If you still want to do it, God bless you. But if you don't, I understand. Ryan asks, I got on Bumble today looking for someone to, I can't even say this on it, looking for someone to do a thing to me that would feel pleasurable. But turns out you must agree with Black Lives Matter now to get laid by strangers. (laughs) Should I delete all dating apps and just look for love at church? Let me know. There is so much in that question. There is so much. Because it is absurd that now when you go on this like app that is basically just there for people to gratify their fleshly desires, you need to profess some high-flying political ideology that is actually based and promotes lies, based on and promotes lies. There's that side of it. There's also this kind of absurdity that we live in a culture where people just swipe all day waiting to gratify their fleshly desires, and then some of those people see no discordance between doing that and then going to church, where you might find love as well. A great question, a profound question, probably for a whole number of reasons, it would be better for you to look for love at church or I don't know, a bar or some, yeah, probably that area. I I totally missed online dating culture. I just barely missed it, but I I did miss it. I never have been on any dating app or anything like that. And I got to tell you, I'm really pleased. I'm really glad that that's a part of the culture I'm glad I missed because it seems very enjoyable if you're a single person, particularly if you don't have many inhibitions. But in a, in a way, you're, you're giving up so much of yourself. You're putting out these pictures to kind of attract mates and you, you've got all these flirty or explicit messages back and forth. And it seems like such a time suck. And I don't know, it doesn't, I kind of like the old fashioned way better. So go for the old fashioned way. In most things, go for the old fashioned way. From Elliot, quick question. 
Is Joe Biden in violation of the Civil Rights Act for only considering female running mates? Your show is great. Oh, thanks. A good question. We've been talking about the Civil Rights Act and if you, how you can discriminate in hiring and those kind of practices because of the Bostock case that came up and invented new protections for men who think that they're women. I suppose, I mean, obviously running for president is unlike any other job, but every job is unlike every other job in the sense that every business is unique. And yeah, I mean, there's a good argument to be made that Joe Biden is violating the principles laid out in the Civil Rights Act because he says he won't hire a black man or a white man or an Asian man or a, for, for a job, right? But it doesn't matter. It doesn't apply to them. And getting to this question of the Civil Rights Act in Title VII, it actually gets to, I guess, the heart of the show today on these lies, on trying to fix a problem with the worst problem rather than a solution. The problem that the Civil Rights Act most specifically wanted to address was racial bigotry and racial division in the country. And so the way that it fought racism was not by creating a race-blind system. It was by imposing racism of another sort. So right now in the country, the only de jure racism, the only racism by law is affirmative action. And it's not the kind of racism that we all think, right? It's racism that advantages most racial minorities, though not Asians, and then would disadvantage the white majority and Asian people. And this is why Asians sued Harvard for unfair admission practices. And it was obviously was unfair admission practices. They were being held strictly on the basis of their race to a much higher standard than people of other races. That is racial discrimination, which the Supreme Court even admitted, though Sandra Day O'Connor then said, we have to uh, go along with this kind of racial discrimination for a little while and then we'll change it later, even though we're never going to change it later. As, as we've seen, we've now passed the moment when Sandra Day O'Connor said that, that that sort of thing would change. That to me seems untenable. That to me seems like it's only going to sow more and more racial division. If the problem that you're addressing, you're simply replacing with the mirror image of that problem. Not that Joe Biden is aware of that or much of anything at all, and not that he or any other leftists will ever be held to account. From Michael, how can we end homelessness in this country? Most of the homeless people are either drug addicts or mentally ill people or both. I've heard the idea of bringing back the mental asylums, but some of my friends told me they were awful and it was good that they ended. Thanks. Love your show. This ties in as well with kind of the theme of our show, which is that you can't legislate away the tragedy of this fallen world. You can't legislate away sadness. You can't legislate away suffering. The left believes that there is no limit to what politics can do. We can perfect human nature through politics. That's the dream of Karl Marx all the way up to Bernie Sanders and everybody in between. But you can't. That shooting at the Wendy's parking lot, it was sad. It was sad because a man died. That does not mean that we can now fix this problem by accusing the cop of murder when he didn't commit murder does not mean that we can find a policy solution that will prevent all of those scenes from happening in the future that can cure crime. It won't happen. In the gospel itself, Christ says, the poor will always be with you. There is no cure for poverty. As Ronald Reagan said, we fought the war on poverty and poverty won. There is no cure for bums hanging around. 
There's no cure for people having mental problems. There's no cure for people being addicted to drugs. You can try to fix it around the edges, but you'll never actually eradicate the problem. And the same thing here when it comes to the asylums. The asylums, sure, it seem like bad places. It's like sad places because mental illness is a sad thing that many people have to deal with. But is it more compassionate to let, to basically ignore those people, pretend the problem doesn't exist or pretend that it can be perfectly solved by everybody and just leave them on the street, which harms both them and society? Or would it be better to accept that there are sad facts of the world and send them to asylums and move on with our life and try to make those asylums better, try to reform these institutions as best we can, but not be so cowardly as to believe a lie that will actually make society much, much worse. That is a big problem that we're grappling with right now. And I don't see a lot of leadership on it from just about anybody, but hope springs eternal in the human breast. All right, that's our show. We've got a backstage coming up, so be sure to check that out. In the meantime, I'm Michael Knowles. This is the Michael Knowles Show. If you enjoyed this episode, and frankly, even if you didn't, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Klavan Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Supervising producers, Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Technical producer, Austin Stevens. Assistant director, Pavel Widowski. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Audio mixer, Robin Fenderson. Hair and makeup, Nika Geneva. Production assistant, Ryan Love. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. Hey everyone, it's Andrew Claven, host of The Andrew Claven Show. As I predicted many weeks ago, we have entered a moment of insanity. But weirdly, that could be a reason to have hope for the future. What makes no sense will collapse. We'll talk about it on The Andrew Claven Show.